welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we are back. And I am so excited that my voice is not as messed up as it was last week. <laughs> I was listening to the episode again and oof, it's bad. Um, but you know what else I'm excited about? Brand new movies. Yes. Brand new franchise. Brand new franchise. More sequels than we've ever... No, I'm kidding. It's not more sequels than 12 we've ever. 12 sequels. <laughs> uh, well, before we get too far into what we're talking about this week, um, we just want to say thanks to all the listeners out there. And if you ever want to reach out to us, where can they email us? Yes, please email us, sequelrights at gmail.com with suggestions for future franchises and any other comments and questions. And then find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and Facebook at Sequel Rights, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. Uh, in the podcast business, uh, reviews are kind of the the only currency, and so we really, really appreciate the five star reviews. They go a long way, uh, and they don't take that long to do. So please give us five stars. Now this week we are kicking off the A Cinderella Story franchise. You have to say the A, a. Uh-huh. otherwise it doesn't make sense. And also. To kick things off, we have a really exciting episode for you guys yes. today. We have an interview with the screenwriter of the film, Lee Dunlap, coming up at the end of the episode here. Do not miss it. it. She is awesome, and uh, you guys uh, are going to love it. It's going to be great. Um, so without further ado, let's travel back with Haley Duff. It's Hillary. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I mean, Haley appears in the soundtrack. Haley's in the, the song. Yeah. Hillary Duff. <laughs> And Charles Michelle Michael. Oh, <laughs> Michelle Gondry Murray. I was like, I'll just mess up all the names on purpose now. <laughs> For Anne Cinderella's story. Once upon a time, in a land called Los Angeles, there was a girl named Sam. Order's up! Who lived with her wicked stepmother. There's something I've always wanted to tell you. You're not very pretty, and you're not very bright. And her two evil stepsisters. You've got mail. Uh, Yes, secret admirer beckons. One day, she got an invitation. I need to know who you are. Please meet me at the homecoming dance. To meet her Prince Charming. I need you to mop the floors tonight. Fortunately, her fairy godmother appeared. Let me deal with Mrs. Potato here. Go ahead, girlfriend. Call me girlfriend one more time. Okay, sorry. From the Brothers Warner comes a fairy tale. (laughs) Do you believe in love at first sight? I'll let you know. Let the rain. Tyler, no laughing during the trailer. Wait, I let have me guess. To. The only reason you let the trailer go that long is because you wanted to get to the Brothers Warner. Yes, you got it. <laughs> oh, was, my God. I was going to say, like, I wanted to end it early, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, no, I got it. From the Brothers Warner. <laughs> so Jesus. funny. So funny. Oh, my God. Oh. Was the You've Got Mail sound actually in the movie? I don't think it I don't was. I don't think it was so. either. Wow. When was that movie out, You've Got Mail? 90s. Oh, way before this. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. And AOL I was, like, was already almost done for. No, this is 2004. Yeah. I was a junior in high school. Like yeah. there was there was no AOL I was, happening. I was in uh, AOL I had a, Instant Messenger. I had a, I had a, yeah. I had a Hotmail account. Ooh, so hot. Actually, I probably had a Gmail account at that point. Oh, really? Uh, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I probably did not. I was still rocking the Instant Messenger and all that. Um, yeah, I had a MySpace by that point. I know, right? I don't even know why I said Haley Duff. I barely, I don't even know anything about Haley Duff. Really? <laughs> so I was like, why Why was that name the first one that I came to my mind? Oh, boy. 
Maybe you're more familiar with her musicianship. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, her songcraft. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. But let's all, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, I love that movie. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's familiarize everyone with uh, anyone's history with this film. Has anyone seen this movie? Uh, I saw this movie before it came out at uh, one of those like free screenings for people from the radio uh, at the block at Orange because people we had from a, inside the, the radio. radio. We had a, a family friend slash band mom who was like her job was to organize those screenings. And so if you were like nice to her, you could get an invite to them. And so I also like, so I got to see the movie like a couple weeks before it came out and I got a big foam board, like poster of the movie that I had in my room for like years, not up, but just kind of like propped in a pile of other posters. Um, I gave it to someone in college as a present cause they had a crush on Hillary Duff. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Uh, so yes, I had seen this. Um, I had not seen this uh, prior to this moment, but uh, I found myself like recognizing some moments from the movie as I was going through. So I don't know if they were like burned in my mind from the trailers or something, but there's a couple spots we can talk about maybe when we go through that. I was like, I remember this for some reason. So maybe I did see it. I don't know. This movie. Well, this one, we were you working in the theater at the time. Uh, I was still working at the theater. Yeah. Oh, that that, that could, could be. be. And I was like, I was like uh, looking at the release dates, and the very next week after this came out, Spider Man Two came out. So I was uh, definitely yes. focused on Spider Man more than this. One I, of my friends said also that it was constantly. It's a constantly on cable still now. Oh wow, so. interesting. I'm not surprised. Uh, I never saw this movie, and I think that this is. You, you mentioned Spider Man Two. I think this might have been where I people may debate this, but where I reached my most cynical, and so I was just hating all like new movies at this time. And I was like, just give me all the Criterion DVDs, and that's all I'm gonna watch right now. So oh, I never gosh. saw this, <laughs> and I and at the time didn't like Spider Man Two. Yeah, so. You I sounded sufferable. <laughs> just kidding. You were like, there's only one Cinderella story right. for me. <laughs> the book <laughs> the television special starring julie andrews That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh so no i didn't know that this was a thing until oh. you guys decided to oh my god to, like oh let's, let's do these movies and i was like sure <laughs> not okay. knowing what they okay. were and it's funny uh we we joked about it immediately after the podcast last week but you had this oh, yeah. like Amazing joke about how she was going to be wearing Converse. Uh, glass Converse is yeah. what I is. I, I kind of hope that that would be a thing, but like cell phone, that's cool. Yeah, she's wearing Converse on the yeah. uh, on the, the poster. poster on the poster. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you, you, this movie had like osmosis some of its imagery I mean, into your head. I mean, uh, I looked this up and it's like Hillary Duff and uh, myself are the same age mm-hmm. as so the guy was in high school. At this this time. is like, yeah, this is perfect year for us. Like we were one year younger than these characters. Yeah. You were the same age as these characters. So this movie was made like literally for us, maybe me specifically and not so much you, but still like <laughs> our age group. So it's very interesting. Um, in the trailer, it's funny how he's like, in the land of Los Angeles. But, like, they make great pains to say that it takes place in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> yeah, that is the valley. very valley. Like, everything is so valley. There's so many valley, L.A., Hollywood jokes Her screen name is Princeton Girl 818. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. Or they say, like, oh, you can barely see the city with all the smog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a drought. The drought is a huge plot point. So that's actually my favorite part of this movie is that, like, 
like the beginning of the movie, changed. like like Hillary <laughs> Duff is like trying to turn turn down the sprinklers. Yeah, and uh, it's Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge from uh, the Christopher Guest movies and yes. and uh, many many things. Many many things. Uh, so like, no, no, you need to leave it on. And she gets a drought, and then she just screams out, "Droughts are for poor people!" Yeah. And then there's this just amazing, like <laughs> yeah. it's like one of the only effect shots in the yes. movie where it's this long pullout over like all the lawns are brown, and like theirs is just luscious green it's because like she's so selfish. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit! Like that's. Edgy, edgier than I thought this movie would I be. I love that. I, I specifically remember the line of her saying, "You're not very pretty and you're not very bright." Like I really remember that line. Like I'm sure it must have been in all the commercials, just like it was in that trailer. But yeah. she's so funny in this movie and yes. every movie. I yeah. mean, because she knows what she's doing. She doesn't give a crap about mm. being the evil stepmother. Like she thinks it's hilarious. And it's let's just beautiful. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how the cast is like totally stacked in this movie. Yes. yes, it's one of those great movies to go back and be like, "Oh man, that guy was on this show and this." person was on that show and regina king oh my god yeah. oh my god okay like obviously all of us watch Watchmen, oh, yeah. and i was literally watching it this morning and then i watched this movie later in the afternoon and like she looks exactly the same yeah. if not better than she than like right now than she looked in this movie it is insane like she's and you so can already awesome. you can already yeah you can see how awesome she is even in this like you know role where she's you know the not the owner of the diner, but the head manager yeah. of the diner. Yeah. She's like she runs fairy it. godmother role, yes. but she doesn't have magic. She doesn't do anything crazy. She's just like a really nice, maternal, cool person figure for Hillary Duff. And it's very like sincere and really shines, I think. It's one of those things that I think is really interesting about. And like I actually really liked about this movie of like when you have to boil down the Cinderella story to its bare parts and if you're gonna mm-hmm. modernize it and you know what's that gonna be? Is it is it having the woodland creatures build her dress or yeah. is it the fairy godmother or is it this thing? And I think that this movie makes really smart choices in terms of what to keep and what to to set aside. And it's really about the mistaken identity and falling in love with somebody at you know at a masquerade ball and and not knowing them and the quest to find them and uh i just think that that it deserves a lot of credit for boiling down this story and modernizing it in a way that some of it feels really dated some of it is timeless and i think that it it, it actually made a lot of the right choices in terms of choosing what to keep and i think it feels dated now but when it came out it would have been like right perfect yeah like yeah and even though it does some feel dated most of the Things that feel dated are like extraneous outward details. Like it's not so much like, like the, the, like the flip phones or yeah. yeah like, well, but I that, mean, the that, fact that they were talking online and like didn't know each other and it wasn't like a catfishing situation or something else like horrible, like a <laughs> yeah. pedophile or you know, like but to catch a thief. It or does whatever, even make a joke about that. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. it's aware of that. And I think that the, I was thinking about this of like if you're going to replace the shoe. Which is so iconic of Cinderella because she loses her cell phone. Yeah, like no one would lose a shoe now. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's a a flip phone. Um, But like choosing the cell phone at the time was probably like, oh, like high schoolers have cell phones. Like, like isn't that isn't that just like a a unique weird thing of the times? But like it's one of those. It's like wow, that's actually it might as well be a shoe. Like it's it is the it is that choice. No matter if it's the Nokia or an iPhone, uh, is timeless. There was a part of me that was like. If he has the cell phone, I feel like he could probably figure it out. Yeah. There's, there's a little, <laughs> you just call home. You never find your, your friend's cell phone before? Maybe she had a lock code. That existed then, right? Like uh, that's, what, that's, what he, that's what he said. Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it was funny. He talks about getting text messages on there, and they were like, at first they were normal, and then some of them were like, hey, where are you? I need food or something <laughs> yeah, like that. No, can you fix the fryer? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, I, liked, uh, I liked that exchange. That was funny. I wonder if he tried one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably was. Um, I, I, I also uh, really enjoyed the whole opening section to this movie. Uh, we get a little prologue uh, where we meet young um, Sam. Sam. Uh, and her dad, mm-hmm. who uh, you know doesn't have very many lines and isn't in the movie much, right. but casts a large shadow over her life. Um, of course, as the dad always does. And yeah, and life. I was like, I thought it was cool, um, you know, that they used the Northridge earthquake for him to die. I was like, it's kind of sad, right? And then she got sent over to her uncle's uh, water park in South Africa. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That was a free Willy Ford joke, everybody. (laughs) But no, but like it was another movie that started with a prologue of like, oh, like here's my dad. And that one, he just fell off something and was injured. But in this one, we just like, we (laughs) hear like, oh, it's the Northridge quake. And then he goes down a hallway and we don't know how he dies. Yeah, and I looked it up and like, nobody died. No, 57 people died. But most (laughs) of them were on the freeway on over and under. They were in parking structures or in large, large, large apartment buildings. The fact that he died and the house is still standing is right. what doesn't make any sense. No. Right, right. If the house was not standing, I'd be like, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently 57 is the number of people that actually died from like debris and such things right. in the quake. The number gets bigger when it's people who died of like cardiac arrest as a result of right. the shock or people who killed themselves because they lost everything right. or, you know, like different, right. different things like that. So maybe he went out or like gas leaks or fires. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, I like maybe he, went to go save the stepmother and then had an aneurysm. I don't know. Right. They don't go into it, but <laughs> it, really it kind of took me out of the movie for a second because I was like, did people die in yeah. Northridge? <laughs> they did. They Apparently did. they did. Yeah, it was so, a bad one yeah. from what I hear. Um, so yeah, then we, we get, uh, you know, we get the classic Cinderella setup. Now she's with the stepmom. Yep. We got the stepsisters who are There's hilarious. There's a diner. There's a diner involved. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was kind of fun. Um, instead of, instead of her, you know, cleaning the floors all the time at home. She's yeah. doing all the horrible mm-hmm. work while on roller skates. Yes. She even has to bust the tables on roller skates. <laughs> I was like, that's awful. You're carrying so oh, much Oh, by stuff. the way, we do have to call out that the dad had like the diner and like a baseball theme. And he had this right. horrible quote written in Lucita handwriting on the wall <laughs> that was like, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game or whatever. Right. Like, But in like the worst font ever. So even though we're supposed to be like, ew, the stepmother ruined the diner. I'm like, at least she covered up that horrible <laughs> font. Okay, like, you know, so... <laughs> but yeah, she changes it to like a fifties diner and forces everybody to wear roller skates. And uh yeah, um I love that this movie has some weird obsession with salmon. It really does. <laughs> and it's like it's like a throwaway joke of the stepmother's yeah. on a diet. It's just like the salmon She's diet. The salmon diet. <laughs> which is which could be funny, but it is literally thrown out in every food scene yeah every time it's like oh there's the guy at the diners cooking salmon he has a big old fish they have sushi and pancakes or something (laughs) maybe the uh (laughs) i love the idea that that this diner is getting full whole fish that he is (laughs) that he is filleting and scaling and preparing it's like that's not happening well and you see that you know uh yeah you know fiona apparently owns the the diner right yes um uh after well well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After the death of the dad, um, 
And I just think it's hilarious that she's like using that influence to just get her this food that she wants. Yeah. <laughs> she orders it at the diner and has it at home. And she's always screaming about salmon and there's salmon in the fridge. I don't know. So I thought is it was there, like absurd. Is there a darker version of this movie? Because we find out the stepmother is pretty unscrupulous and lies and even commits some minor Male felonies. Fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we think that it's possible that the earthquake happened and she just murdered the dad? She was, like, she was like, oh, it's the earthquake. Oh, it was. Or like, like a favorite of what used to Whoops. happen on soap operas when I would watch would be like, oh God, he's having a heart attack. Quick, let me get him his pills. Wait a minute. Let me not that give him this pill. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Or just like, let me give him these pills. Yeah, or something like that. I don't Oopsie. know. Yeah. Just like hit him over the head with like a large like, vase wait, or something. Wait, wait the salmon. Uh-huh. Think of the salmon Expired I eat. salmon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought that was a funny touch for her character. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge is awesome in this. She is. Um, the part that I was talking about earlier that I, for whatever reason, like remember, uh, I don't know if it's from the mm. trailers or whatever, when she's in the, <laughs> she's in the car with her stepdaughters and they're saying something and, and she's like, oh, don't worry, dears. I can't ex- express emotion right now because oh. I've had too much Botox. And she's, like, supposed to be really upset, but she's, like, smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be that Jennifer Coolidge has just done that gag a yeah. hundred times there in different movies. There was something about that. I was like, oh, man, be. this is so familiar to me. But, yeah, that, that's a great part. Um, <laughs> so we finally... Um, so she's been conversing with a guy over not AIM, but some sort of messaging right. system. They say that it's email later. Well, yeah. they, they say it's like a, it was like a Princeton uh, Usenet group or something like that. It's like he, a ch- Princeton chat room. People who wanted to go there. Yeah. yeah. So Because Princeton is where princes go. Yeah. So that's kind of like cute, I guess. Um, sure. So she, yeah, she goes to fictional North Valley High School, which is... Actually, Monrovia High School, and they take great pains to mm-hmm. find a high school that has like a castle looking like uh, <laughs> yep. thing to it. So that was kind of cool. Um, Simon Helberg from Big Bang Theory yes. is yeah. the nerd of the school who looks 40. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's 24 when this was filmed, actually. Mm. It looks pretty bad. He has a shirt that says Darth Vader was framed, which so you're supposed to be like, oh, what a nerd. But then I was like, Framed for what? what? <laughs> like, I don't think Darth Vader was ever denying anything that happened. Like, the whole point of Return of the Jedi is that he owns up to everything that he did. So, Darth just Vader so I, I like, my own internal dialogue was, like, out-nerding the stereotypical nerd, nerd character right. on screen. It's like, he didn't kill Palpatine. Yeah, like, it was that it was that Skywalker brat. I mean, like, what, what was he for? for this doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. Did somebody else kill the younglings? Is that what it is? Oh, could be. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It was Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader was framed. It was a false flag operation to make it look like the Russians were trying to do it. It was just like, I mean, I'm sure that was probably a shirt they sold at Hot Topic at the right. time. But like, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we get introduced to all the kids at school. We got the cool kids with uh, Chad Michael Murray playing Austin Ames. Austin Ames. And um, we have, uh, who else we have? Dan Bird playing Carter Farrell, uh, Samantha, Hillary Duff's friend. Yep. I don't know if you ever watched Cougar Town, but he was hilarious on that show. I did not. He's also like the same role in uh, Easy A. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. right. He, I, I was excited to see him, too, and he looks so young here. It's pretty funny. Um, but he does a great job as the, like, you know, 
Best the, friend. The goofy friend. Yeah. Uh, Julie Gonzalo is the main cheerleader, Chad Michael Murray's girlfriend, and she basically also plays that exact same role <laughs> right. in Dodgeball. Yeah. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure she has the exact same wardrobe as both movies and as Mandy Moore in Princess Diaries. I was yeah. like, is that the same outfit? Like, uh, <laughs> even though I know they wore uniforms at that school. Isn't but she I, also like the, the, the bitchy girl in like Freaky Friday or something? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think With I think Chad Michael Murray typecast. again? Yeah, I think oh. so. <laughs> is one of the, I, so I feel like I looked this up, but I can't recall now. One of the stepsisters is in Twin Peaks, correct? Yes. Adeline Zima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was also in Californication. Oh, famous, yeah. Mm-hmm. Famously. Um, I think she she dies in Twin Peaks real fast. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't I was remember like, who I the hell she is. I don't. Twin re- Peaks, I didn't remember that yeah. either. And I was oh, like, oh, she's the one of the people waiting in the room when that like monster comes through the glass box or whatever. Oh <laughs> shit! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, got it. Um, oh yeah, she brings the coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and, exactly. and then she that was dies, Twin Peaks she, corner. She dies a horrible death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, it's all the typical high school kids. Yeah. Uh, they're having a hard time finding a parking spot because of all their other fast forwarded cars get there before her. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out a couple other fun uh, side characters. We got Lynn Shay as Mrs. Wells, Lynn yes. Shay from Insidious and a bunch of other awesome things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to see her as well. Oh, and. and- uh, Chad Michael Murray's dad is Kevin Kilner, who we just said was in Poltergeist Legacy and is the dad in Home Alone 3. Yes. <laughs> so he's, just right. a he's just overworked, up. not good dad constantly. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to talk about... I can't be a good dad. I'm being a stepdad to all these kids. Yeah. You, you want to talk about this evil dad in this? In this one? Yeah. Well, I mean... Austin Ames is evil oh, USC okay, dad. yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like... You laugh and you say, oh, this must be a, an overarching parody. But it's like exactly the truth. How well, it, USC alumni act and I live in the like, valley uh, and probably own businesses like car washes where they probably abuse Mexican people. I was like, in light of all the recent news around that, well, I was yeah, like, I mean, he never really sense. like... Uh, implied that any that he was doing anything like money, which he, is like the idea that lots of people like to put onto USC. He did say that like it's all handled for you if as long as you play this, it's done. Like, yeah. So, well, <laughs> so the thing is that's totally unrealistic though, because anybody who's going to be a quarterback at USC didn't go to school in the Valley. They went to modern day and they've already been groomed since they were a freshman in high school and they're all forced to graduate early from high school and go start playing at USC like immediately after the senior season. Unless that there was a scandal and all those people got rejected. And so (laughs) (laughs) none of those people were eligible. And so they had to bring in this other person who was talented. Yeah. But also this is so far before any of that, like literally in 2004, USC was undefeated and won the national championship. Right. So, Oh, those were the days. So it's like, yeah, Chad Michael Murray's going to succeed, succeed, um, Matt Leinart, Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think so, bro. bro. Okay, like, I don't know. I who's, think they, I, who's a man I've seen very drunk in a bar? Well, yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the idea of this, of you're going to play USC football, you're not going to go to the NFL, and then you're going to run this car once. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be really good for, like, four years, and then you're going to run this car once. My friends tell me whoever offers the highest discount to USC alumni gets their kids into the school. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, back then, maybe. Uh, My friend Felicity Huffman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the car washes seem pretty normal. I don't know. <laughs> it did well. I mean, it's Los Angeles. There's a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they it's don't... a volume business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
So, you- yeah, the, they're going to meet up. Uh, they've talked online. They're going to meet up in the middle of the dance floor at the ball. I So, like, I, I, I want to I, – I, like, that's something I'm really excited to – talk to Lee about, about this whole USC thing. Spoiler, we haven't talked to her yet uh, <laughs> in this point of the thing, and I, I feel like that we're going to get into it later, because if you're listening to the interview before this, then this might be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, it, it was really funny, because, uh, you know, we, we kind of, like, you know, talk through what franchise to choose, and then once we, I hadn't seen this movie, so uh, it was funny to see that there was, like, a Halloween costume ball, and I was like, oh, this is, like, a perfect transition from our our spooky Halloween movies into a fun Halloween time film. Also, the one thing that bugged me about this uh, was... The Matrix costume? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were skirting around the Matrix. I was like, did uh, your high school dances go till midnight? No. Uh, 10 maybe p- 10 p.m. Yeah, I feel oh, yeah, like they maybe. probably didn't go to midnight, but uh, maybe in California. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. The remember. Las Vegas ones did not. But okay. either way, it looked like a pretty fun dance. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, well, yeah, it was at the Huntington Library. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they bumped into the Clueless Crew, and then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the conceit of having it be. A, co- a Halloween homecoming thing is mm-hmm. like makes sense because then you mm-hmm. get everybody dressed up and you can have the whole thing about like he's not going to know who she is because if it was just a regular homecoming dance like where would that how would they get to that I don't know yeah we have uh oh what is that actor's name who runs the costume shop oh god yeah uh, he's he's Arthur in the the live action Tick series and he's in like uh, he's Better, in Better Off Ted. Ted oh man oh no I'm wrong on that sorry yeah. Um. No, oh, who is it? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm wrong with that. He would be a great Arthur. <laughs> it's, it's Jonathan Slavin. Is yeah, Jonathan name, Slavin yeah. Uh, runs. Uh, so Regina King uh, rushes her over. Says that you know you you have to go to this to this uh, dance. We'll get you a we'll get you a costume. There's a five minute montage of her trying on costumes. And then men's they, ugly men's, men's costumes. costumes. Apparently, this it place was has hilarious. No women's <laughs> costumes. Well, no, there's, there's one skanky, one like, skanky grass hula suit. dress. Yeah. yeah, and then and then Regina King's like, I know my old wedding dress. No, it's her wedding dress. She hasn't even gotten to right. use yet. Right. Which oh, is yeah. actually, it's actually a really sweet. It is moment, and it's kind of nice. And it's just like I said before. There's no magic. There's just like I'm a good person, and I want to help yeah. you. Like, yeah. And, but but they buy one like mask mask just a, just over the eyes mm-hmm. a masquerade situation yeah mm-hmm. which I, I I that that was a really fun sequence because I was just like you know like no one I don't think anyone tries on costumes like that at yeah. a costume store but, <laughs> I mean, but uh, everybody loves a good uh, changing room montage yeah, yeah. You know? and it was just really funny like the giant knight costume is this a, is this a moment where we should talk about the music in this movie yeah maybe oh. <laughs> I was enjoying it actually. <laughs> It's it's quite the it's got everything some hits. Yeah, everything in here is like flashing me back to high school <laughs> and you know early college years. You got Goo Goo Dolls in there. You got uh, I love when this movie starts. It just goes. Uh, I was watching with subtitles on the train. Google Doll, Goo Goo Dolls place. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Hillary and Haley Duff yes. uh, throughout the soundtrack. It's funny because Come Clean was her big single and that was in the trailer, but it's not in the movie. It's like her next follow-up songs that are all in the movie. There's a there's a genius moment we'll get to in a little bit with Edwin McCain, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the part of the, we, we We get the part of the Cinderella story where the fairy godmother comes up with mm-hmm. the dress. And now, um, 
Now we get to... Uh, the Halloween dance where there's too many swashbucklers. Yep. <laughs> and we get a little explanation why she needs to leave before midnight, because she has to be back at the diner. Right. So the mom won't know, stepmom won't know that she didn't do the shift. Right. And, and so uh, instead of like a chiming bell or somewhere on a clock, she's going to set an alarm on her phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. <laughs> fun little modernization there. So the football bros are dressed as the Three Musketeers. Uh, the best friend is dressed like Zora. The the two musketeers because yeah, the yeah, other guy was right. like, "Nah, fuck that! I'm gonna be Prince Charming," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny, and they're all pissed off. Yeah, and uh, big- all the friends suck. Like, there's not even one that is redeemable or has any sort of like nice moments. So they like- they end up being so caricature yeah. and like slapstick in a way that I don't. I, I guess it, maybe it's for a younger art, younger audience than actually sure. were because like any teenage thing, it's probably more for like yeah. But especially Chad school. Michael Murray, I'm like literally zero of these people are good friends to you. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Suck. You know, like why do you even care what they think? But I guess that's what, a lesson everyone has to learn in high school. They're all yeah. trying to like get with his ex girlfriend immediately after. Yeah, yes. they're like making they fun up. of him because they're like, oh, he has dreams and he likes a girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> We haven't gotten there yet. We have yeah, we have sorry. an awkward neo scene. Okay, <laughs> that's so funny. Where Big Bang dude, uh, she's like, yeah, it's like meet at, meet at the meet at the dance floor at midnight, mm-hmm. or was it midnight? Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So she thinks it's him at yeah. first, and then it's like, oh god damn it! But she's actually very polite. Yeah. She doesn't say like, hey, you know, like, and then I feel like he makes a joke about Zion, so it's like it's a Matrix sequel joke. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and he dances with her for a bit, and then uh, he's like, I'll go get you drinks or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and then that's when Chad Michael Murray shows yes. up, and he's yeah. like, Princeton Girl 818, is that you? <laughs> and then she's like, thank God. Like, it's, it's, it's me, Nomad. It's Mike Chattel Michael. It's funny, because when Simon Helberg comes back. <laughs> Mike Chattel Michael. <laughs> when Simon Helberg comes back, Chad Michael Murray knows his costume, and he's like, all right. Yeah, like, he, you know, like, he's like, he's like, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was so And great. then so the geeky guy's kind of like, cool. All right. Well, she likes you. Bye. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> whatever. He's like, I know when I've been beat. Yeah. And he like, I don't think he even comes back later in the movie. Like, no, that's yeah, it. It's so weird. Exit stage left. Just a, he was like, I've got an audition for this show. I got to go. Be, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, young Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all a billion dollars later. Yeah. Bye, suckers. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Duff, they go out on a little walk out mm-hmm. in this beautiful I mean, garden. And they play three questions. <laughs> she, she, he's like, why don't, we, why don't we play 20 questions? She's like, how about 10? Yeah. I got about enough time for 10. ten. I get tired after that. Uh, it's like a presidential uh, press conference. Yeah. And, th- and, and then, the, yeah. <laughs> this is like a really sweet scene where they're like getting to know each other, and it's very sweet. Uh, and I love that they wind up w- wandering over to a gazebo. Like, that is apparently set up for a wedding or something. Sure. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's flowers everywhere and lights. And there also just happens to be a dude with a guitar. <laughs> yeah, there's like the the uh, quartet from the wedding that has happened, I guess, yeah. is like packing up. And they're like, oh, how cute. Let's play a little ditty. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, boom. <laughs> and they start they're playing. Like, if we do our job, then we'll book another wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the violin's like, duh, duh. 
and and then it like fully transitions into the Edwin McCain I'll be song. I'll be, which is a great song. That was the one that like I definitely had on a bunch of mixtapes. Whenever I wanted to feel sad or something, I was like, Oh, I thought you were gonna say whenever you wanted to impress a girl. Well, pass him over. But then you know you you send it to a girl you like, and then when they're like, eh, whatever. Were you were, were, were you a, a sharpie on the CD type, or did you make labels? Sharpie on the CD. For I made sure. I made labels on Ooh. those mixtapes. Dang, that's my depends CDs. what I had time Must for. mean your handwriting is really bad. Uh, it's it's horrendous. <laughs> it's horrendous. I'm just kidding. But we also left out that that Chad Michael Murray was at the diner mere hours before this. That's right. Well, she is wearing a mask, and a lot of girls in the valley have blonde half ponytail curls sure, sure. and are white. So, sure. You know. Yeah. And he's like obsessed with her eyes. Obsessed with them. Yeah. I did like though that like. Her makeover thing, her regular clothes are not like over the top frumpy and right. like she's wearing a Dodgers hat. And, and jeans. Yeah, like and and the other times she has like cute outfits too. Like right. she's just a normal girl. Like they don't make her look like you know she's not wearing splatter painted overalls yeah. or and glasses or something. You yeah, know, she so. gets, she gets stigmatized by all the popular kids chanting "Diner Girl" at her. Oh, man, like she has sad. to hold a job or something like that, and that makes her filthy. Yeah, I liked that. Um, much like the uh, DVD special features for Ooh. Bridget Jones' Diary, uh, uh, <laughs> the main behind-the-scenes feature was all about the makeup and like costumes. Oh no! Um, but it was cool. Uh, they talked about how yeah they they like they tried to dress her down, and the costume designer was like, "Oh, these clothes that she's wearing in the movie is probably nothing that she actually has in real life." And they made this joke about how they wanted to have her uh, wearing blue a lot. Mm. Uh, to kind of like blend into the background a little bit more because she's supposed to be kind of like, oh, no one notices her. And they were joking about how they tried to have the extras show up with no blue on at all. Oh, that's funny. And they're like, of course, that's impossible. Everyone's wearing jeans and everything. Um, but it was cool a little bit to hear how they, uh, you know, purposely did understated makeup. And then for this costume where she's at the, uh, you know, she's in the full gown and everything at the um, the ball or the dance or whatever, um, they got to like really make her up and mm-hmm. you know, like they wouldn't like normally like to do. Yeah. Um, so they, they separate cause she's got to get back to work. She loses her phone and he picks it up. So the most dated thing about this whole movie is that she can be without her phone for more than like an hour and not <laughs> right. die. Like he has it for several days, if yep. not a week. And also it seemed like she didn't notice. Yeah. How long did it take her? To, did she? I don't remember her ever saying. Yeah, I don't remember like, her ever being phone, like, where's yeah. my phone? I mean, if I lose my phone, I'm like right away like something's wrong. But it did seem like. <laughs> this the, was then. I know. I'm just, it did I'm seem just, like that the only person that like, because for me, when I got my cell phone, which was eighth grade. Uh, Whoa. Uh, yeah. Mr. Moneybags <laughs> over here. God. But I, I got it because I didn't want the cell phone. It was more that, right. hey, you're, you're like, my parents needed to know where I was type mm. of thing. And so like, untrustworthy. Untrustworthy is <laughs> fuck. Um, uh, could not call them collect on a payphone because there was not a lot of payphones in Las Vegas. Anyway, uh, so it seemed like that the only person that was contacted around the phone was her stepmom. Yeah, so maybe she, she was just she was like, just like oh, whatever. Good riddance. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, gosh, what even happens? The the hunt for yes. Oh no, there's Cinderella. a set piece. There's a set piece. She runs. She runs out of the oh, dance. Oh, that's right. Uh, and there's and there's a there's a asynchronous car chase. 
Which, this was really fun. Uh, yeah. The stepsisters... Uh, this is where we reveal what the stepsisters were dressed as. And, oh. the jo- and the joke is is that I wanted to be Siamese cats, not Siamese twins. And they're Siamese <laughs> cat, cat twins. twins. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, a mere two years after this movie, Hillary and Haley Duff would release a modernized version of We Are Siamese on Disney Mania Volume Whatever. Oh and by God. modernized, I just mean the sound. They did not change the words. Oh, good. Mm, that's <laughs> so. funny. There's a there's a set of deleted scenes. <laughs> Tyler, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm just like I, I just I just let's just take a moment and realize that 2019, like we have come a long way. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The fact that that was put out by major pop stars yes. on a Disney record and people didn't lose their fucking minds. That was not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's that's really funny. <laughs> but Siamese cat twins for dumb people is a really funny game. It is funny. Like yes. the fact that they did that, it's like, wow, yeah. you're really dumb. That's hilarious. So but it was actually a really good costume if that's what you were going yeah. for. Like for <laughs> no, a it was one of those things... costume party or play on words theme party, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Just for high school, it would be like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> oh, no one... there's a point where she... Text LOL and then she goes laughing out loud. Like, <laughs> she had to narrate it in case people didn't know. That's right. What does lol mean? Yeah. yeah. Lots of love. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, so then uh, on their way out of the dance, um, the stepsisters see uh, Sam in the mm-hmm. car across from them. But mm-hmm. she ducks down all of a sudden, and then there's this race to see who can get to the diner first. Right, because Zorro's driving her, and Zorro also stopped a rape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's not leave that out. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, again, the horrible friends of Austin. Right. Yeah, the the friend was try- basically, yeah, trying to rape the ex-girlfriend cheerleader right. girl. Zorro stopped it. They made out for a little bit, and but then he had to leave to drive. And the friend still is like, oh, man, you missed it. I beat up some kid, even though he got his He got beat up, yeah. <laughs> We have, uh, he said, uh, he says, I was in Pirates of Panzance, and he's like, scene one, act two, and then just punches the shit out of the <laughs> yeah. dude, which is great. I do like the fact that this friend character is not gay, he's totally straight, but he's like, I, he only cares about like Broadway musicals, and then like yeah. every day he shows up as a different character because he wants to be a method actor. Like, yeah. that's pretty funny. It's good stuff. Yeah, he's great in this. Um, and then, so for whatever reason, um, the step family's car gets stuck in acceleration mode, which is the normal way people say things. <laughs> <laughs> the car is in acceleration mode. Uh, I love the shot where um, they're driving like crazy, running red lights. And the, the movie is <laughs> taking great pains to show you great valley street signs. Yes. You've got olive. And there's a Some moment. Olive, <laughs> there, there's a moment where uh, um, Sam and Carter are stopped at a stop sign or stoplight. And the, the stepsisters and the mom go driving through. And you just hear like, oh, my God, we're going to die. And the guy's just like skidding through the intersection. And they're like, was that uh, the stepsisters? Yeah. I thought that was really a uh, great staged. So uh, then after scene. the confrontation in the diner where she is able to quickly change and 
trick the stepmom. Yeah, or everyone at the diner is just stalling, being like, uh, but I don't know. Like, she's here. Like, oh, here's a dead fish again. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? It's passed away. Uh, what do I do with a dead fish? Like, it was alive. <laughs> that was so funny, that guy. Then the step family is murdered by a giant novelty neon sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be nice if they got murdered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It falls on uh, Zorro's Jaguar. Yeah. He's like, today's my lucky day. Oh, yeah, Lex, a Mercedes. I'm sorry. It's a Mercedes. Yeah. They drive a Jaguar. Yeah. Because there was like a there was like an offhanded joke about how like he can't drive because he's totaled the last three cars. His right. dad got him. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And now it's number four. So Chad Michael Murray starts a like poster campaign to find out who she is. I, I did kind of like this because uh, one of his 10 questions is uh, asking if he, if she had voted for him for class president. <laughs> and she's like, actually, weirdly, yes. Like, I did, actually. Because, um, you know, she's stunned by that he's this popular person. Uh, so I love that the through line of that, oh, he ran for class president is that he could print up a bunch of, let me find Cinderella, uh, Wanted posters. I yeah, guess. it's like it's like a it's like an outline of a girl and then a question mark. Where her face would be. <laughs> Which is like he got that expensive clip art pack. Oh. <laughs> Clippy was like, "I see you're trying to find a wanted poster. <laughs> Here are several yes. milk carton options." <laughs> but I I love that like you know. <laughs> He's posting them around the school, but they're not like, uh, you know, one poster here on the wall next one. There's like 50 posters all in the same area. <laughs> like, how many do you need, man? And like, it, it cuts to them, like to him talking with his friends. You're like, I don't know, man, you should just let it go. But they're all just putting up posters. It's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, so they're superficial friends, but like, they'll canvas. Yeah, and they'll even set up a game show for him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So they there's like a, a then the movie t- comes to a screeching halt. So that they can have a dating game parody. Yeah. Uh, that thankfully, thankfully, Lynn Shelton comes and reveals she's one of the douchebag kids' mom and says, "Yeah, Take I was like, shit out. It, yeah, I was like, are they implying that he, that was that she was his mom? Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah, because he's like, also that shirt is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> why are you wearing it? And then she like says hi, Frank, to the other kid or whatever. Yes. Which is kind of weird. Also weird. Yeah, I was like, I didn't understand what this teacher was even like. She also picked them to be homecoming king and queen. Yeah. Apparently you don't vote at the school. Just one teacher walks around and picks whoever she yeah. thinks. Well, that's what they were saying. Like, well, you no one wants seen. the insidious curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did like that um, they were like parading these girls in front of him. And girls who like, there was, of course, there's a stupid gag about like some girl from the wrestling team. Like, right. her muscles or whatever. It's so stupid. But then he finally puts a stop to it. And he like stands up. And, and like the girls who are coming, he doesn't ever. He just is like, I'm so sorry. But thank you for coming. You know, like whatever. Right. And then at the end, he just like the last girl who's there. He's like. You know, thanks for coming. You're beautiful. You're a great person. You're gonna find your prince, but it's not me. I'm sorry. Like it was yeah. just like so much nicer than yeah, any yeah. guy in it, any movie. Yeah, would ever it was be. really nice. Even the hero guy, you right. would yeah. expect him to be that nice to all these other girls. Yeah, I like that. So, um, yeah. So that doesn't work for him. It does not. <laughs> so, the- and his dad's just like car wash. Yeah. <laughs> Got the big game tonight, man. Uh, uh this is this the point where the stepsisters yes. discover the emails. Yeah, they look on her computer because she's and they're like, supposed lock to be her writing up. the essays. <laughs> lock her up. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, so butter emails, and then they yeah. they both discover it separately, and then try to go to the car wash. Use the yeah. emails to go to the car wash and convince him that they are her, and of Typical. course it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. and then they then they get shot through the car wash. Yes, they get hot wax. They get hot wax. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember how they end up in the car wash. It was like they're they fighting just, they on top of a fighting. car. Yeah. It was like they were still in the cat suit where they're connected <laughs> yeah. to each other. By the way, they have matching uh, bugs. Oh my yes, god, that play do. Dixie as the horn theme. Oh, that was uh, so funny. Nobody in California has a bug that plays Dixie as the horn. But like, and it was so like, many girls had that car. They did. They it was like the one car played the first half of the song, and the second car like finished it off. Yeah, <laughs> that was really funny, uh, and the, yeah, they go through the car wash on top of some poor person's car. And I mean, how is, hot is the wax? Would you be scalded? I or think you would. I think you'd dead? be scalded. Yeah, oh, okay. you wouldn't be dead, but you'd be maimed. But I love the kid that's like, "Dad, is that our car?" Yeah, <laughs> and then he, and then they go through the wax, and his eyes just go wide. <laughs> so yeah, and so after this, like, oh, we can't get him. Let's just destroy our stepsister. And then they do a butt her emails thing, and they go to like, oh, you don't even know what my fucking stepsister did yeah they go to the cheerleaders and all of a sudden become cool enough to like put on a skit at the pep rally with yeah. the cheerleaders to expose the this supposedly horrible thing that everyone thinks is funny which so is the like okay best there's a couple revelations at this pep rally that are fantastic one they're the fighting frogs yes which <laughs> hilarious two their drumline consists of four snares and a cymbal <laughs> but the cadence clearly has an entire bass line yeah, and quads that makes no in sense. the recording yeah. i was like this is an impossible they're just, magic drumline they're just very good yeah i nick, guess so nick cannon's in there um, <laughs> they're tuning those snares really well yeah yeah. Really low no, dude, yeah 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 uh then so they do a full skit and uh, it makes no sense, and it's obvious that it's vindictive. And there's <laughs> it's so funny. There's, there's plenty of of adults and coaches and people there. But the best part of it is, <laughs> is that for whatever reason, Chad Michael Murray's dad <laughs> is just sitting behind him, and they're just cutting away. It's like, do you know anything about this son? <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this this fable that they're telling? Quarterback <laughs> 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 that what's doesn't want to go to USC? What could this be about? Do you know anything about this? (laughs) Tell me. Austin. The supposedly nice teacher is even there and she does not step in. No. Like, okay. I love the thought that all the other people would be like, oh, this is a fun fairy tale. And then halfway through would be like, what is happening? What are they talking about? And then they want to go to Princeton. And then like, like, Princeton girl. And then here are the emails. Yeah. It's just like, diner girl. Diner Diner girl. girl. It's like, okay. Like, we're talking about the mob mentality. I mean, it's such a fucked up thing that they do. Yeah. They like go into like reading some quotes. They dox her in real life. Yeah. it's really messed up, um, and I felt really bad for her in that moment. Like you really, yeah. you really feel the like, oh man, you know. I'm sure that shit like this happens in in high school a lot, and like just you, you really feel her emotions when like the next scene she's like crying in her bed, like mm-hmm. such a messed up thing. To oh, happen. but while she's running home to cry about being humiliated <laughs> in front of the entire school, Jennifer Coolidge brings in a fake rejection letter oh, from Princeton. God. Oh, right, because she actually got into Princeton and then Jennifer was like, no, 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 this won't do. I need her to work at the diner for some reason. She's so insidious, too, because she like comes in with cookies prepared like, right. like she's going to try to... She also doesn't want to have to pay for up. Princeton. Yes. Right, yeah. Right. 
And she's like, oh my God, you want a cookie? They're so moist. <laughs> Such a weird scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. Uh, but, we're, like, uh, we're, the, so to the point where she was being nice, I thought that Harry Duff was going to be like, something is wrong. Right, yeah. You're not like this. Oh, man. So we get to the final football game to end it all. Football games. <laughs> The one football game to rule them remember, all. Do you remember when football ended in 2004? Yeah. <laughs> this is the game. This if is the you game. you don't mess up this game, you're into USC, no problem. Well, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, after you're done, back to the car wash. Back to the car wash. <laughs> no Reggie Bush life for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the big game. Everyone's there. Austin Ames is playing the game of his life. Playing foosball. Uh, I can't remember exactly how the how it ends. He's like he's about to do like the final play. Like he's about to do the football. He's <laughs> yeah. about to well, be like, first, oh, let's do this football. Yeah, before the game, she quits uh her job in front right. of everybody. As does uh Regina King and the entire staff of the yep, diner. Yep. They've had it. Then yep. they quit. And um, by the way, the hat that the stepsisters were wearing in that scene, I have that hat. Like oh, I had no! that hat at that time. Like the knit. Beanie. Anyways, uh, they had several hats that I had. That's hilarious. Um, so anyways, uh, she quits and then she gets up the courage to leave and then um, her friend invites her to the game and so they're there, but well, she's not like, she tells off Chad Michael Murray in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, she basically says like, you had your fucking chance, dude. Like, yeah. you, like and you chose these people every time. Like, you, you could have said something at the pep rally, you could have said something at any time. Also, you saw me five fucking times since before <laughs> yeah. and after you thought it was me and you never saw it was me, which is a red flag. Yeah, also remember that time I hit a ball over into your field and you threw it back to me i knew that was you yeah <laughs> yeah and he was like pretty good for a girl well yeah so she rejects him in the boys locker room in front of all of his friends and then he goes out on the field and is about to do the final big play he's about to do the football yeah. he's like oh time to score the final touchdown i guess he could be a kicker we don't know no, he's, he's, he's the quarterback. No, he's the quarterback. no I know. So, like, she's watching the game, but then when everyone's chanting his name, she's like, eh, I can't do this. So she decides to leave. But then he looks in the crowd and oh, yeah, because she's leaving. Because, you know, at the football games, people are always like, they chant the Individual. Yeah, Individual. August Ames. August Ames. No one chants for the team. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. His aim is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really funny. Uh, so, yeah, she's had enough, and she's on her way out. Well, it was just that really dynamic skit they put together. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, he, he basically leaves, and, like... He runs off the field. Yeah, he's, like, looking at all his, his teammates, and they're like, what's the play, Like, give me the ball. Yeah, and then he's like, nah, I'm taking this helmet off. <laughs> and, then, I mean, he runs up to her in the bleachers as this big, grand gesture, and then, like... It starts to rain. her, and it starts to yeah, rain. Yeah, we learn how to solve all drought problems. Make it out. Get Hillary yeah. Duff late. Or we could say anytime it rains in L.A., someone's found their prince. Oh. So, like, never. Or somebody's, somebody. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, what I'm saying. Every time it rains in L.A., USC <laughs> loses a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> loses a future quarterback. I'm going to think about that next time it rains. I'll be like, oh, yeah. someone found their prince. prince. <laughs> <laughs> or princess. 
Matt Barkley was a USC. But, Is, am I right on that? No. Yeah, Matt Barkley. I, I was like, adios, Matt Barkley. I was like, but I might have been wrong. <laughs> yeah, Chad Michael Murray. Matt Barkley is like the closest equivalent of right. like, who would the quarter, USC quarterback like, that yeah. Chad Michael Murray became would have been Matt Barkley. Because Matt Barkley runs a car wash now. <laughs> he might, for all I know. Um, I, I, I got to say, he, he, you know, everything's like really obvious what's going to happen. Like he runs up there. He's like, oh, I should have done this a long time ago. Kisses her. I was not expecting it to have this crazy CG rain sequence. Which I was like, what? Which is kind of funny because we already <laughs> talked about how come clean, let the rain fall down is Hillary just big single right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that that's part of it is pretty funny. But I don't know. They kiss and then he's like, I'm sorry. It took me like so long to do the right thing. And she's like, that's all right. And then they can just keep making out. And it's the end of the movie. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there should have been a little more conversation here. Like, do you really know what you did wrong? Like, maybe, do you really know what you're apologizing for? Yeah, maybe she just wanted his bod. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> um, and let then, the rain fall uh, down. <laughs> then we get to see an awkward acne commercial that uh, the best friend is in. Yes, we that get to was see what hilarious. happens to everybody. And then, and then, and then she's like, and then he got the girl, and then he. Like, snuffs the cheerleader, so he's like, no, I'm with, like, quirky announcements, girl. Yeah. You just have to believe. I think was the name <laughs> yeah. of the... Yeah. <laughs> That's the pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was very funny. It turns yeah. out that- but they're in, like, the high school library, and everyone's like, oh, good commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was having a screening, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that probably is what it's like, though, in a California high school when somebody books a commercial. Yeah, probably, probably everybody right. finds out. You're probably right. Uh, they show it at homeroom. They might. <laughs> so she finds her father's secret will where she should have been given everything. Right. Um, and uh, the like, the feds come. <laughs> the yeah. DA yeah. comes and is like, uh, you committed. Like, it's funny because she's like, well, I never knew about that will. It's like, well, your signature is right here as a witness. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was so funny. No, I, think, I think she says, uh, I never knew about my husband's secret will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Totally slain. Uh, yeah. Movie. And then there's, you know, we see what they, they have to clean the floor now instead of her. She leaves the diner to Regina King and then her and like Chad Michael Murray go off in the fancy, uh, <laughs> convertible to drive all the way to New Jersey from like Malibu basically and she says I did actually kind of like this because she's kind of like and then we lived happily ever after for now because I'm only a freshman you know yeah. I was like that's actually great yeah. you know like they so probably it, didn't stay together and at some point somebody bought a Mustang and then put Princeton on the back of the Mustang. Yes. Oh, and his dad did come around to being a Princeton fan instead of a USC fan. Yeah, and he gave a 60% discount to Princeton alumni instead of 30% to uh, USC. I don't know if you mm. saw that. I don't 60% think I did. is a huge yeah, discount. Yeah, I was like, whoa, 60%? Holy Wow. God. What you got to do is get one of your USC alumni friends to sit in the car with you and then be like, can I have a 60% discount? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do if I ever go to that car wash. <laughs> Uh, I did think that was Or funny. I'll be like, can I have a 90% discount for each one of my USC degrees? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did like the fact that it, it was a little more realistic that way. And and so when you go back to the Cinderella story, the whole thing that people always criticize about the fairy tale is like, wow, they don't even know each other, you know, it's like, but this, like, you're kind of surprised when you find out she already has like an ongoing relationship with this guy from email, but it's actually kind of nice because like 
that's all been done like in the economy of like the right. storytelling like yeah. oh okay like they've been talking for you know months and months and then like they do manage to put in a time where he actually does see her and they have like a nice conversation he doesn't fully recognize her but he is like very nice to her and she, yeah. you know so i don't know yeah. he's not like a huge douchebag like, yeah he's genuine when he's he can be that person but when he has to be around all of his douchebag football friends he's kind of a douchebag yeah yeah, well, uh, why don't we take a break right now real quick and get to our interview with Lee Dunlap uh, right now. Well, we are very excited right now to have uh, a special guest with us here today on the podcast, the screenwriter for A Cinderella Story, Lee Dunlap. Lee, thanks for being here. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, um, you know, we just wanted to kick things off by asking a little bit about your history as a screenwriter. How did you uh how did you get into writing? What what uh, drew you to the profession? Um, strangely or strangely not, um, I grew up in Studio City, so you kind of grow up around it a little bit, I <laughs> guess. Not that my parents or any of my family were in the industry, but I seemed to go to school with kids who are actors or kids whose parents were in the industry, so it just kind of seemed natural. And I always liked writing, and I guess that just combined the two. And when you're in L.A., you kind of either go to UCLA or USC. So mm-hmm. um, I went to USC Film School and studied screenwriting there. And like uh, a lot of other people who graduate from film school, you don't necessarily get to do that right off the bat. So I worked at the Gersh Agency, which was a ta- is a talent agency, um, for a man named Bob Gersh, who was awesome, uh, as his assistant for a while. And that's kind of where I hooked up with a producer who basically got me this job writing a Cinderella story. And that was my first job. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So you got to, you got to dive right in on a, a major motion picture. Well, it, it, it had a very long road to, to what it became. Um, you know, we always call it the, the five-year overnight success. Um, <laughs> it was, I don't know if you want to hear that story now. Yeah, yeah, not, tell us a little bit about, about that. About, um, uh, this producer I was working with, he knew some other producers who wanted to do a modern-day retelling of Cinderella, and they didn't want to pay any money. So <laughs> when you're starting out, you take those jobs. Um, and I did a treatment which they loved, and then wrote a script. And funny, but that was like, gosh, that was 1999. Um, And I remember I was on a train actually working on the script, and I was writing it to a picture of Britney Spears on the cover of Rolling Stone. It's kind of that (laughs) famous cover. I don't know if you remember. She was underaged and looking like way too provocative Mm -hmm. um, for her age. (laughs) uh, But I thought she would be perfect. Well, that was 1999. I wrote it. We sent it out to all the studios and they all passed. And there were actually, I think, three other Cinderella projects in town at the time. Um, So a lot of competing things, which happens all the time. And then years later, like 2004, 2003, 2004, um, one of the producers gave it to the script to a man named Mark Rossman, who had directed Life Size, which was a movie with Uh, Tyra Banks. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's really cute. Yeah. So he directed that. And he had directed a lot of the Lizzie McGuire episodes. Uh Um, And so he gave it to Hillary, who was 14 or 15 at the time, and her mom. And they loved it. And she was... Uh, arguably the biggest teen star at the time. Um, And so 
with her on board, they sent it to all the same studios, and there was a bidding war <laughs> amongst all of them uh, that Warner Brothers won, and they immediately went into pre-production and like two months later started filming. So it was, you know, the overnight success that took five years to happen. That's and there story. you have it. <laughs> okay, so once Hilary Duff or any of the other actors were cast, was there anything that you went back into the script to change or to adjust to their personas? No, I mean, she pretty much was the girl. Um, of course, when I first wrote it, she was uh, much too young to even, I don't mm-hmm. even know if she was an actress at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, she came on board and, and she was the girl. So nothing really had to be done. I mean, it went through rewrites like, scripts always do and other writers came on um and then you know back to me and just kind of a a very quick um intensive process there uh but in general no i really didn't have to to do anything for her the one big change as far as casting goes i guess which was slightly disappointing but and and great at the same time was the character regina king plays was originally kind of this over-the-top valley girl an an old valley girl um (laughs) like from you know the day. And when they cast her, I thought, Oh my God, that's genius. (laughs) What what great casting. Um, and kind of, you know, thinking out of the box and then they had completely changed her character, just kind of a standard character, but you know, she's amazing. So she did an amazing job, but so that's probably the, the major thing that was changed. Okay. Nice. Um, you were mentioning uh, that the, the script went through a lot of rewrites, Mm. uh, and we were curious about, you know, when you started tackling the Cinderella story, uh, you know, what, how did you go about deciding what elements of the classic story to, you know, keep or modernize? And were there any changes like that you made along the way to take away some, you know, parts that may have been in the original story? All I can really think of, I mean, you had to kind of hit the big ones, you know, there had to be a stepmother, there had to be evil stepsisters, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, a prince, kind of finding modern ways to say all that stuff. And then, it came down to uh, rather than a, a chariot, you know, whose car would it be? Mm. Uh, it would have to be that. And the great thing was originally in, you know, 1999, it was a pager <laughs> that she was using. <laughs> um, awesome. So by the time 2004, those were done. Um, <laughs> so, so that was updated a bit, but yeah, it, it was, it's pretty easy when you, probably the best case scenario when you're given a template of such an iconic, you know, kind of story to work off of and you just kind of find modern ways to, to uh, think about it. So, you know, and hopefully kind of imprint your own, your own thing onto it. And a lot of LA isms, I guess. Uh, And, and, you know, just luckily a a lot of wonderful people working on it. So, so they really made something of it. That was great. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that you grew up in Studio City, and so I'm guessing that's why the story is set <laughs> there in the, you know, around in the valley and in ho- yep. around Hollywood. Um, how did you incorporate kind of your own history, and uh, what else did you decide to put into it from your own experience? It would always, in my head, it was always the valley. Like okay. the prom was, was Sportsman's Lodge. Um, that's how I'd originally written it. The, the diner was Dupar's, which is gone now on, um, uh, Ventura and Laurel Canyon. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was those things. Originally the, the diner and the stepmother were named after my grandma and they changed that for some unknown reason along the way. Um, but yeah, just 
just always in my head. It was just the valley because you just kind of you write what you know, I guess. Okay. Uh, and one thing that we talked about a lot after we watched the movie were the way that the um, the Northridge earthquake is incorporated into the movie. Mm. Since you're the writer, we have to ask, how did the earthquake actually kill Sam's dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> in my original script, it was actually a funny version of him dying. And oh. I can't even remember what it was, but that did not go over well with Warner Brothers. <laughs> he was not going to die in sort of a funny way. Okay. Um, so I don't, I couldn't tell you how, how it actually, I think originally he had been crushed by a shelf full of snow domes. Oh, um, wow. Uh, so that was Yikes. his original death. And, and the script kind of had sort of a, a, a strange little twist to the whole thing that kind of got beaten out along the way to, to make it more, I don't know, family friendly. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, like originally uh, her best friend Carter, his, both his dads were gay. That was, that was a kind of a, a theme through his whole little arc, I guess, in mm-hmm. the movie. And I think in the movie, they still, it, there were two, the car, dads had two cars and in the script that was the, the had license plates it was dad number one and dad number two, something like that. <laughs> and, evidently the production designer didn't get the memo <laughs> that they took that out because one of the cars still has a license plate, like dad number one um, or something like that. <laughs> so um, I think I strayed from what you asked, but oh. the the earthquake actually, my, my family's home was destroyed in the earthquake. So oh, no. it's kind of a in the back of my head, you know, that's part of, again, bringing what you know to what you're right. But was everyone okay? Everyone is okay. okay. One of our neighbors died. Oh, my that gosh. Oh, um, wow. So of the few deaths that happened during that earthquake, um, our neighborhood had one of them. Wow. That's crazy. I, I actually really liked that moment, how it turned out in the film. Um, yeah, it was really kind of like a, an unexpected touching uh, way for him to go out. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I think it was the best decision not to have it be funny. Yeah. Um, so I'll <laughs> go along with that one. <laughs> Um, it's not a funny thing, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the other things I really loved in the movie is all of these, like, crazy side characters and some of them that only have, like, a couple scenes, like mm. Simon Helberg's character or the, you know, the other uh, diner employees. Um, I'm curious how you go about, like, giving, like, really, you know, fun and meaningful life to the characters that only have, like, one or two scenes. That's a good question. I, I don't know if I could remember specifically about this. Um, you know, just I think characters just kind of come to life and they have their little purpose and you try to give them a little thing. I think um, with Simon's character, it was kind of this undercurrent of the Matrix, um, <laughs> yeah. which was how it originally was. Um, and yeah, they just kind of, I don't know, they just kind of come into your head and hopefully they work. That's great. Well, I thought they worked really well in the movie. Thank you. <laughs> it's very fun. So you've already mentioned a couple of things that didn't make the cut, but was there any other things that you were particularly fond of or elements or ways of modernization uh, that didn't go into the final movie that you uh, want to mention? The one thing, I guess, that I haven't mentioned is there had been a scene originally towards the end where Hillary and Chad have have it out, kind of. And he's he's sort of calling her on the same thing that she's calling him on, you know, that, you know, I'm not a stereotype and you're thinking of me as one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, Warner brothers just wanted her to be all good. Mm. And I really felt like, you know, she was kind of, she, she did need to be called out on that, um, that, that he was deeper than 
than she let on, you know, that she thought. Um, but I, I like that scene and I like that she had to, had to think about it too, that maybe she was, she was guilty of it too, but was not to be. <laughs> okay. Um, and with all, you mentioned there was other Cinderella scripts going around town. And of course there's been so many past adaptations. Were there any mm. specific elements or things that legal or the studio was like, you can't touch X or, you know, whatever this is. No, there was nothing. And, and I, I never read any of the other versions. I don't know what they had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't, it's a, it's a fairy tale and it's not, Disney doesn't own that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't own that effect, uh, Cinderella, uh, cause it's just based for them to on, on the fairy tale. So I can't think of anything that might be in the Disney movie that you'd have to stay away from because I do think it's all just from the original fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it, it, it cleared everything cleared. Great. That's great. Um, another thing I really liked, uh, while watching this movie is like, there's tons of, uh, nostalgic music in this for me. I was just, uh, just out of high school, uh, recently when this came out and I'm curious, um, if any of the songs, uh, in the film you had written into the script ahead of time, uh, particularly, particularly the, uh, use of I'll be by Edwin McCain in the no, moment. Nothing. Um, I do remember when we were in pre-production, they, the first person they kind of got on board was a music supervisor mm-hmm. um, who they were really excited about. And, you know, they did all that. So, um, yeah, you, it's funny. I'm working on two musical projects right now. Um, and in both of them, I've actually referenced songs. But, you know, you don't know. <laughs> you have no idea, one, if anybody's ever going to be able to afford that song, mm-hmm. um, if it's available, if it clears, if you need... You put it there mo- mostly for the reader, um, and then who knows what happens after that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so during the production, um, were you on set, or did you get to interact with any of the actors, or was there any kind of like funny stories that happened along the way? No, I was not on set. I actually lived in London at the time. Wow. Um, and I'm not even sure if I, if I was in Los Angeles that I would have been invited. You know, a lot of times it's sort of screenwriters, they don't want you to be seen or heard. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of go away, leave us alone. Um, so I never got to visit the set. I met Hillary ahead of time to do rewrites, um, her and her mom. And she was a great girl. I loved her to death. Um, but and then went to the premiere and you know, got to see everybody there. So I sort of had a, a outsider looking in, I guess a little bit. Okay. So, uh, yeah. When, so you went to the premiere, um, had you gotten to see some of the, um, film along the way as it was being filmed? Uh, no, I just, I just saw the finished product. Um, oh, wow. that was it. Uh, it was, it was, it was great. Cause the, the premiere, I mean, it couldn't have been any better. It was at, uh, man's Chinese theater nice. and which like a dream. <laughs> so fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then the, the weird part was sitting there, I think maybe 30 of my friends and family were there and my <laughs> name came up and they spelled it wrong in the credits. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I just heard my nephew go, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, they had to pay me a little bit for that and then change it when it got to the DVDs. Oh my God. Um, and then the other funny thing was they had the party um, above where they do the Academy Awards on Hollywood and Highland. Mm-hmm. And uh, gossip, I guess, is gossip. Lindsay Lohan crashed it to kind of <laughs> mess with Hillary. <laughs> 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 it was kicked out. So, 
um, that, that's the that's the only sort of behind the scenes story I know of. <laughs> that's a good that's one. amazing! Wow, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so how do you misspell your name? Like, what did they did they do L E E or something? And no, it was Dunlop. They put oh. an O in. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. And then I, I I spoke to them, and they said, "Don't worry." It, for the rest of the world, it's been changed. And so I had come back from London to go to the premiere, and I went back home and went to go see it in London, and it was still there. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, like- right. They were calling Not your true. bluff. They didn't yeah. think you'd go. But they paid me good money, and I thought, you know, spell my name wrong every time. It's Worth fine. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how did you feel about, um, you know, you're there in the theater seeing the film for the first time. How do you feel like it turned out from, from where you started writing it on the page and what ended up on film? You know, I don't know if you're ever fully happy with the way something turns out that you write um, because things get changed along the way. And there's good and bad. I'd say I was pretty happy. It was it felt different from what I wrote, Um, but still I still liked it. I still felt it had a lot of the heart that I had in there. Um, But, you know, a film is not a book. Um, It's something that you hand over to hundreds of other people and they all you know, put their fingerprints on it. And that's just the nature of it. And you have to, if you're going to be a screenwriter, you have to accept that. Um, and sometimes it doesn't, it, you know, it's not something you wanted, but sometimes it also makes it better. Um, it's just the process. So uh, we were just about high school age when this movie came out, but I've also talked to a lot of people recently that uh, came across it on cable and really love it mm. from seeing that. Uh, I was wondering, you know, if people ever talked to you about it or if you happen to come across it while flipping channels, do you watch <laughs> it or do you just flip on by? I flip on by. <laughs> I, anything I've made, I, I can't watch again. Okay. And, and I can I don't even really know why. Um, it's just... Yeah, I don't I don't know why I don't do it. But yeah, I see it on TV all the time. I, I probably once a week somebody tells me they loved it. And and the great part is, is I go to meetings now and executives are people who grew up with it. They love it. So, <laughs> um, so that's fun, too. They're like, oh, it's my favorite movie from when I was a kid. <laughs> like, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's left behind quite a legacy. And, uh, you know, w- w- the name of our podcast is sequel rights and we talk a lot about the sequels and uh, you know, this film was so successful that it spawned lots of sequels and I'm curious, have you um, seen any of them or been involved in any way? I have not seen them, um, have not been involved other than they just kind of have to acknowledge that I exist. Um, (laughs) It was a, one of the producers at the studio had brought on and we had kind of had our horror our, our core group of producers and me and the director and they brought on a studio producer and he kind of ran with it after that. And, you know, he had his own people he wanted to work with, never even sort of approached me to do anything. Um, and interesting when the movie came out and it had its opening weekend, Warner brothers was very upset and they let it be known very loudly to me that they felt it had underperformed, oh, um, wow. which at the time was kind of devastating. Uh, and then it just kept going and going and going <laughs> yeah. and going and going. And, you know, now they're on their fourth sequel or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's made them a fortune and yeah. I hope they're happier about it now. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would sure hope so. I would think so. <laughs> um, well, we're curious. If you were to sit down right now and to adapt a Cinderella story for 2019. What would you change to, to match oh. current day? 
<laughs> oh my God. I don't know if I could come up with an answer to that quickly. I mean, obviously okay. social media would have to play a big part in it. Um, sure. you know, that would probably be how they connect. But other than that, that's, that's all I can think about. I, I just, I don't know that a ton of things would change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of like people ask like, well, how do you write for teenagers? And I thought, well, teenagers are just like everybody else. Yeah, I, I just don't see the big difference. Um, I think, you know, people have the same relationship and, and same loves and um, same feelings and everything. So I, I just, maybe you'd have to change a few. Obviously, you'd have to update it a little bit, but I think the core of it would be pretty much the same. Yeah, that's actually- I would definitely not have, uh, in fact, in, in my original version too, um, Carter, her friend, ends up with the evil girl, um, Shelby, at the end. He gets her. And again, Wonder Brothers is like, he's over our dead body. Is he going to end up with her? Um, But I, but I thought like, Oh, it's such so cliche that he doesn't, you know? So I would still do that. I'd be like, okay, he's totally going to end up with her in the end (laughs) (laughs) because, because when I don't want to do the expected, Uh, but other than that, you know, it's, 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 it is Cinderella, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's this never changing love story. And no matter what you do to it, the core of it's the same. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a great answer. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit about what happened after. Uh, what did you end up working on next after this film, and what have you been up to since? Um, doing a lot of studio stuff that wasn't produced, which is sure. you know the bread and butter stuff that you do. Um, you write a lot that never gets made. And a couple of independent films, um, one called 16 Live, uh, another one that I made with – Alyssa uh, Goodman, who was one of the producers of A Cinderella Story, and she directed it actually called The Standoff that um, was a few years ago with uh, Olivia Holt and Ryan mm-hmm. McCartan and nice. Alex Wolf and Sydney Park, which is really cute. I actually really liked that movie. Uh, and then Alyssa and I are actually working on a musical project right now that I can't really talk about because the paper's being signed this week. So oh. <laughs> until oh that's signed, I can't talk about it. Uh, and then another another kind of um, big musical project that's not teen based um, that's out to directors right now. And I can't talk about that either. So uh, just because you're not supposed to, and of I'll course. get in trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> excited! Yeah. We we love musicals, so I'm stoked oh, for good. that. <laughs> good. Well, I hope you love these. Yeah, <laughs> okay, and, and the next movie of yours we see on the big screen. If your name is spelled wrong, we are gonna get in there and argue with them as well. <laughs> Thank you. But no, secretly, I'm happy. So. Yes, that's true. That's, true. that's right. <laughs> well, uh, I think, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being here with us, Lee. Uh, it's been such a great time talking with you. It's been delightful. Thank you for having me on. It was so great having Lee on uh, right now, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, but before we go, we can't leave you without doing our ratings for this movie. Ooh. What do you think, Tyler? How many full salmons? <laughs> full court salmons. Full court salmons. <laughs> Would you give a Haley Duff story? <laughs> A uh, Haley C- Duff story. Uh, Cinderella story. Uh, Cinderella story. Haley Duff is like, I got to sing Our Lips Are Sealed with my sister in the end credits. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it was funny. You know, I was looking up the 
you know, reviews to this movie and uh, it was pretty harsh. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, I think, was uh, 12% and... Uh, Damn. Yeah. But see, all those reviewers, especially at that time, even more than now, were old white men. I was going to say, yeah. Roger Ebert called it a lame, stupid movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, and it's like, it's not for you, Ebert. Exactly. I love Ebert, yeah. but it's not for you, like... I don't know. Uh, I mean, I ha- had a lot of fun with this movie, actually. And you can see uh, immediately, in my opinion, uh, why this is such like a, a bankable formula for them to go on and make four more movies after right. this. Um, and, you know, it's just like I, I feel like the movie, um, when I was going into it, I was like, oh, man, there's going to be probably a lot of like horrible stereotype jokes and all this stuff. And I feel like there wasn't a lot of that. Um, you know, we talked about some like uh, moments where people were more courteous and stuff like mm-hmm. uh, if, the if way it, Chad Michael Murray ended yeah, the yeah. game show thing. Um, and I think it's just like a like a very, you know, fun, harmless movie that, you know, Teenage kids at this time probably loved a lot, and I just think it was really fun. And I'm gonna give it like, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it like seven, seven full salmon, seven full salmons. Okay, I had a good time with it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I liked this movie when it came out, and I still like it. Uh, I think maybe my only criticism would be like I could have probably done with some trimming of some of the side characters or B plots that I didn't think were oh, that. Sure. Great. I was like, I like the side characters. Oh, really? Personally, because I feel like they're really funny, and uh, you know, we were talking about all the different character actors and stuff that show up. I like that stuff. I don't know. Sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe like I feel like it could have been uh, truncated if maybe the evil stepsisters were one of the the girlfriend or something like that. You know, like maybe d- delete one. That's like a, the one character one the, that I'm like, who is that character in Cinderella? Nobody. One right. of the like, things I did like is that because the best friend had his own masked moment at the ball, uh-huh. she had someone to talk to about like, do I reveal my identity? Do I not reveal my identity? And then he does it and it fails. Goes horrible. It goes yeah, yeah. miserably. That's true. That's so like, true. I really, I thought that that was actually a great addition because it gave her someone to like, actually a way to externalize that Turmoil. You just yeah. wa- you just wanted maybe one less uh, synchronized swimming scene. Maybe. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I may have wanted one less synchronized swimming lesson. Uh, but no, I mean, I think it's great, and I think even though they're like we talked about some of the funny things that are dated or whatever, like you can still put this on TV, and teenagers now are going to like it because it really boils down to the concept, and we still have cell phones and texting and emails. Like the, the, it didn't focus so much on the exact technology, and, and so USC it's still watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. except the only difference. Is that now nobody wants to go to USC. Right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, now you can't even pay your way to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, did you say how many salmon? I'm going to give it eight full salmon. And nice. salmon is my favorite fish, so that's a salmon. high salmon. Oh. What about you, Tyler? Uh, I am going to give it six full salmon. I think that it is um, 12% crazy brutal yeah that's what i I, I don't quite understand i think that there is a lot of stuff there's a lot to be said that the largest stereotypes in this movie are the popular boorish kids Mm -hmm. football players and i think it's pretty broad uh but i think that there is a lot of thought and like i said like that drought joke is is pretty Great. And like they tie it in with the rain, they tie it in with everything else. Like you can tell that thought was put into this 
you can tell that there was uh, a, a real interest in trying to figure out, like, well, how do we update this? How do we yeah. make this relevant for, for kids? And I think there's always something about falling in love with people and, and, and liking people for who they are and who they actually are and, and not going for those appearances. And no matter how broad it is, mm-hmm. I think that story is always going to relate to people. And I think that this one is, what, 15 years old at this point? Mm-hmm. And and still pretty good at it. And I think that there's a lot of movies that will not hold up that well. Yeah. It still feels, like, super watchable to me. Yes. Like, like I can see people just... Uh, it's no surprise that the air is on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people tune in or will stop and watch this yes. movie because it's just like any part you jump in, you, you get what's happening. It's funny. Uh, you're just going to have a good time. And that doesn't happen automatically. It's not just like, well, Cinderella story got some people. It's charismatic. Like, good choices were made here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode on a Cinderella story. Um I want to just say thank you again to Lee for being on this episode. It was so great to talk to her. Um, and uh, if you want to shoot over any comments about, uh, you know, about the interview or, you know, what else we talked about this episode, Eliz, where can people get in touch with us? Yeah, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sequelrights. And please rate review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. It may or may not influence your application to USC. <laughs> it will. I, I have connections. <laughs> yeah. By that, I mean no connections. connections. <laughs> well, you guys, next week, we will literally be talking about another Cinderella story. Is that what it's called? That's the title. <laughs> okay. How many years later? Four years later, 2008. Okay. Uh, another Cinderella story. Um, starring Selena Gomez. Oh, So, uh, yeah, we'll be back to see what Cinderella is up to this time. (laughs) If there's any mice, there better be mice. There better be mice. (laughs) Can you hear that?